Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 19 of Revelation 16, and we're going to be reading Revelation 16, verses 16 and 17. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And that will be the last vial, the seventh and final vial, full of the wrath of God is poured out. All seven vials then have been uh, dispersed. They have been poured out upon the earth. And all seven are pointing to Judgment Day. We shouldn't think that it's different stages of Judgment Day or the beginning of Judgment Day, the middle, and then the seventh is like the end. No, it all are... Speaking of May 21, 2011, which was the beginning of Judgment Day, and the entire period of the prolonged Day of Judgment, which very likely may continue for 1,600 days. So from May 21, 2011 until October 7th, 2015, if that is uh, indeed the final day, the whole period of time is Judgment Day, and the first vial of the wrath of God was poured out on May 21 and May 22nd and May 23rd, all the way through until that last final day. And likewise, the second vial and the third and the fourth and the fifth, up till the seventh, all were poured out on May 21 and continually throughout this entire elongated day, the the day of the wrath of God. Well, here in verse 16, let's let's go back to that verse. We we did see in the previous verses that after pouring out the six vials pretty rapidly, one after another, that God retreated a little bit in his focus to the time at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, the beginning of the Judgment on the house of God, the corporate churches, and he spoke of um, Satan uh, in, in the sense of the dragon, the beast, and the mouth of the false prophet, and frogs coming out, uh, which would uh, bring about destruction for the, the corporate churches. He, he spoke of the spirits of devils working miracles or signs, and and we discussed that and saw how the church today is given over to charismatic leanings and as far as tongues and dreams and and um, so-called healings and falling over backwards, just all kinds of things that are the workings of Satan as as God turned over the churches to Satan for their destruction and these things have destroyed the church. Well, then Satan gathered together his forces 
within the churches and congregations that were now full of his emissaries, and spiritually, he gathered them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty, and that is Judgment Day, just as Gog gathered Magog together and came against the camp of the saints. Well, this is another way of saying it. And then we saw in verse 15 how the Lord said he comes as a thief and and so on, and, and we spent some time talking about that. Well, now uh, verse 16 is saying that he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And this goes along with what was said back in verse 14, to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So Armageddon is the place where the battle of Judgment Day will take place, just based on the context here in Revelation 16, we we could come to that conclusion. And theologians have um, read these verses, and and they've come to that conclusion that there'll be a great final battle fought at Armageddon. And Armageddon, notice it says um, it's a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And that means it's... Um, it's from the Hebrew. And when we look up the word in Hebrew, Armageddon or Harmageddon is a compound word that, that means har, which means mount, hill, or mountain, and Megiddon or Megiddo that is a place. Um, Megiddo is a mountain and there's also the plains of Megiddo. And uh, theologians have speculated, and they've actually come up with all sorts of scenarios of how Israel is going to be involved in fighting a final great battle against the uh, forces of of Satan, the forces of this world, uh, at that location that's over there in the Middle East, it, uh, where Mount Megiddon and and the plain of Megiddo lie. And, of course, uh, we should not think that, uh, even for a minute, that uh, God hasn't written the Bible that way, and he definitely hasn't written the, the book of Revelation that way, uh, to be understood literally, to take things literally like that. No, um, God has something else in mind. And Armageddon... Mount Megiddon or Megiddo does point to Judgment Day. And we can uh, go back to the Old Testament to learn a little bit about it. Now, first of all, let's, let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 9 and verse 27. 2 Kings 9, 27 says, but when Ahaziah, the king of Judah, saw this, he fled by the way of the garden house, and Jehu followed after him, and said, smite him also in the chariot, and they did so at the going up to Ger, which is by Iblium, and he fled to Megiddo, and died there. And his servants carried him in a chariot to Jerusalem, and buried him in his sepulcher with his fathers in the city of David. Now, this historical account shows that Jehu 
slew the king of Judah as well as the king of Israel all in one day. And uh, it, it pictures God utilizing Satan to destroy the church as Jehu is a type and figure of Satan who takes over the kingdom of Israel after destroying these kings. And uh, that's one thing Jehu did very well was destruction, just as Satan did an excellent job destroying the corporate body according to God's will. As God loosed him, and uh, really Satan became a servant of God in carrying out the task of bringing judgment to the churches and congregations of the world. Now, another place we find Megiddo mentioned is in Second Chronicles chapter 35. And uh, here it says in verse 21, But he sent ambassadors, this is Necho, king of Egypt, uh, to him saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste. Forbear thee from meddling with God who is with me, that he destroy thee not. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him, and hearken not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God, and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And the archers shot at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Have me away, for I am sore wounded. His servants therefore took him out of that chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died, and was buried in one of the sepulchres of his fathers. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Now this is a different king, yet he also is slain at Megiddo. And especially here we can see the focus of God's judgment, which occurs at the time of the end the time in which judgment begins at the house of God. Now, how can we say that? Well, because when good King Josiah was killed in battle this day in the Valley of Megiddo, it was the year 609 B.C., and he was the last good king of Judah, and and his death, started the period of 70 years from 609 B.C. until 539 B.C. Uh, Judah would be oppressed first by the Egyptians for a few years and then by King Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon until 539 B.C. And that 70-year period typifies the Great Tribulation. So the the death of Josiah pictures the start or the beginning of the Great Tribulation. And the Great Tribulation is the beginning of God's final judgment program for the world. It it would continue in actual time, 23 years or 8,400 days, and then transition on May 21, 2011, to the final day of judgment for the world, which very likely will be 1,600 days. 
and, and there will be a total of 10,000 overall days of judgment. So we, we see that Jehu's slaying of Ahaziah at Megiddo, Megiddo, and, um, Necho's, or the Egyptians, killing of Josiah in the Valley of Megiddo tie in to the time of the end, the final judgment which began at the house of God. Now let's also go to the book of Judges. And in the book of Judges, we find a historical parable. And it's the account of Barak and Deborah. And Barak is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ coming in judgment at the end of the world. Now, how how can we say that? Well, Let's, let's look at some of the language here. In Judges 4, it says, um, in the middle of the verse, Hath not Jehovah, God of Israel, commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali, and of the children of Zebulun. And then also, in verse 10 of Judges 4, And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and he went up with 10,000 men in his feet, and Deborah went up with him. Now the the uh, Hebrew word for Barak, um, the, the Strong's number is 1301, and it is identical, even with the vowel pointing, to Strong's number 1300. And 1300 is translated as bright or glittering or lightning. It's the word, for instance, in Exodus 19.16 that says there were thunderings and lightnings at, at um, the time when, when God was on Mount Sinai. Or it's the word in um, Deuteronomy 32 verse 41 where the Lord speaks of wetting, uh, W-H-E-T, he will wet my glittering sword. The word glittering is the word barak. The Hebrew word translated as barak. And also in Psalm 97 verse 4, his lightnings enlighten the world. So we, we think of the Lord Jesus that, um, comes as the lightning. Uh, remember we read in Matthew 24 concerning Christ's coming. It says uh, in verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And here is Barak, or we could say, uh, here is the lightning coming with 10,000 men. And of course, the Lord Jesus Christ is the lightning that comes, uh, that enlightens the world. And Christ comes with 10,000 of his saints. And just to make sure we don't miss it, God says it a third time uh, concerning the 10,000 men in Judges 4.14. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which Jehovah has delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not Jehovah gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. Barak, the lightning goes forth, and 
10,000 men, typifying the completeness of all God's saints, of all the elect. Now, there's also a statement made uh, in in the song that Deborah and Barak sing in uh, Judges chapter 5 that further confirms um, the spiritual picture of Barak as Christ in Judges 5.12. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, utter a song. Arise, Barak, and lead thy captivity captive, O thou son of Abinoam. And, and that statement of leading captivity captive can be uh, shown to apply to the Lord Jesus Christ in, in the New Testament. So Barak coming with 10,000 men to do battle with Sisera. And, and where is the battle taking place? In the Valley of Megiddo. We read in Judges 4, in verse 12, And they showed Sisera that Barak the son of Abinoam was gone up to Mount Tabor. And Sisera gathered together all his chariots, even nine hundred chariots of iron, and all the people that were with him, from Herosheth of the Gentiles unto the river of Kishon. And Deborah, and, and by the way, Deborah, uh, who's a prophetess, um, it is highlighted or emphasized greatly in this battle. Barak refused to go up unless Deborah went with him. And, and that's because Deborah, her name, is the feminine form of Debar. And Debar is the Hebrew word for word. And the word of God is uh, when we find the Hebrew uh, word that's translated word, it's Debar. And Deborah is the feminine form of Debar. And, and therefore she represents the word of God. And, and of course Christ is inseparable from his word. He is the word made flesh. And God does perform his judgment or executes the vengeance written through the word of God. The, it's the word that judges um, in the last day that's judging presently in our time. It's it's God's word and uh, that is opening up the uh, the righteous judgment of God or or showing forth the the revelation of his righteous judgment in this time of judgment day and and so Deborah and Barak together and we read in Judges 5 um, verse 18 Zebulun and Naphtali were a people that jeoparded their lives unto the death in the high places of the field the kings came and fought then fought the kings of Canaan in Taatnach by the waters of Megiddo, they took no gain of money. They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. So the battle took place by the waters of Megiddo, and that would be down in the valley of Megiddo, and and that's where this this uh, battle, um, which pictured Judgment Day, we we can see through the language of Barak, the lightning coming with 10,000 men 
that uh, it does typify Judgment Day, and that's where the picture or the language of Revelation 16 is coming from. In verse 16, And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And Armageddon, this this compound word, is only found here. It's not found uh, elsewhere. And and so the only way of understanding it is doing what we just did in looking at how Megiddo or Megiddon is used in the Old Testament. And we saw it's used in relationship to the Great Tribulation, judgment beginning at the house of God, and the final judgment. And and so the the uh, gathering together took place. Satan gathered his forces during the course of the Great Tribulation. And then when Satan comes against the Lord in that final battle of Judgment Day, once the Great Tribulation concluded and, and uh, we transition um, into the judgment on all the world, well then God does battle directly with Satan and all the unsafe people of his kingdom. And that battle... Uh, for instance, is described in Revelation 19, where it says concerning the Lord Jesus in verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And then in verse 19, of Revelation 19, it says, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. And and that matches the context, remember, of Revelation 16, right before we read about Armageddon, we, we read of the beast and the false prophet. And verse 14 of Revelation 16 said, They are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Well, here they are in Revelation 19, daring to do battle with Christ and his army, the 10,000 men or 10,000 saints, which represented the completeness of all the elect. And, and and so they were gathered together to make war against him in Revelation 19, 19, that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, 
and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. That is uh, the end result of the battle of Armageddon. It's really not much of a battle. God wins the victory. The Lord Jesus Christ is triumphant. He has overcome. He is exalted. He puts down Satan and, and cast him into the lake of fire. And, and all of his forces, all of the unsafe people of the earth are ultimately destroyed and finally destroyed. And Christ and his army, the armies of heaven, all the elect are victorious forevermore. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.